Good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us at Liberty Station and uh, Liberty Station. Liberty is doing what's right. Freedom is having choices. You come to Liberty Station to board the freedom train. And tonight we, uh, we've got a, another wonderful guest. I mean, it's just one after the other. But I actually have an absolute joy uh, about this young guy. And I say young, I'm 57. And when you see him, he's the youngest member of Congress. Um, I, I met him on a couple of occasions long before he was considering running for office. And uh, my daughter introduced me to him to have him come out and speak at the church. And it never came together. And then just as COVID was hitting, it was one of the last events uh, of Turning Point. We were out on the East Coast and I had a chance to talk to him in the lobby and he was running for Congress and he was up against a pretty formidable field. Um, and, and he was doing all the right stuff and worked really hard. And I asked him tough questions. He answered all of them. And it just a contagious smile and, and this, this perspective and this attitude of, you know, everything is conquerable. And when you realize, you know, uh, he has a disability, which I don't even know if that's a fair way to describe it for him, because it almost seems as though it, it doesn't disable him. He has managed to just succeed in life in everything that he's touched. And uh, he has a, a, just a powerful, strong spirit of the Lord in him. He's tireless. I know he has tough days. He, he preached here and you could see that it was taking its toll on him. But when he got in front of the people, he poured his, his heart out, laid it all on the field. He is a warrior for freedom. Uh, Madison Cawthorn, youngest yeah. congressman. And uh, I, I want you to kind of take it from there. Welcome him because, you know, Madison's been a friend of the ministry and a friend of mine, but you put this together because this guy's so busy and that he would have time for us. So let's get to it and get to Madison. Tell everybody about him. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm blessed to consider my brother. He and I have become fast friends, and I, I just love him to death. I mean, he's a, he's a neat guy, and he's one of the uh, few politicians, in my opinion, that are standing on principle and really fighting the fight. That's right. Um, you know, unfortunately, both sides of the aisle in many respects have failed us and, and they aren't standing on principle. And he's one of those guys that that to to great detriment sometime, you know, because he's taken um, arrows and, and he's he's taken the, you know, sort of the full machines, um, you know, f uh, fight on himself sometimes. And, and they're they're doing everything that they can to try to destroy him. And, and we'll we'll talk about some of the. Uh, some of his his wins uh, here now recently. Before we do, I, I want to tag jump jump in on this one. I, Charlie was talking to him, and I remember this, and he just said, you know, if you get elected, Madison, you know, uh, all these committees and Republican folks are going to come, and the folks that oversee all the appointments and everything, and they're going to try to own you. Um, he has not been subject to that. I am. I'm just. Every time I look at this guy, there's just something even more special about him that I absolutely appreciate. He's probably my favorite Congress member and the one I trust the most. Oh, without and, a doubt. And, and the one who's been beat up more than anyone else. Yeah. And I, I can't say enough nice things about him. So let's let's do it. Yeah. Madison hey, folks, Cawthorn. Please welcome Congressman Madison Cawthorn. Hey, buddy. Well, Pastor Rob, it's great being on with you, Bryce. Thanks for having me. It's really an honor, guys. Now you were you were in your campaign office and it was all sterile and I'm like come on show show us he goes yeah you know it's it, you don't want to see it and so you brought us in this is where you change constituents oil this is where you do your workouts this is I mean this is the garage of everything happening uh, in in your campaign place I, I, it's really cool we, I'm glad you let us have that as a backdrop absolutely so my campaign staff they work <laughs> primarily up in the front area and it, you know it looks like a, maybe a real estate office or just a, a, a used car <laughs> kind of office type thing but this is my office i work out here in the garage obviously i'm in a wheelchair so it's a very wheel friendly area out here 
Yeah, uh, love it. So, so one of the things that I'm excited to talk to you about is you. You had a major recent victory. I Big mean, one. They, they brought you know all the guns against you, trying to make sure that you couldn't run. And um, and t- you know, tell us a little bit about that because that that was so so great. And I uh, you know I was so excited to to see that when you posted. A lot of folks victory. are unfamiliar with it, Madison. So set it up. Yeah, set it up for them so they yeah. can tell what what battle you've been under and how you had that victory and what the Fourteenth Amendment declares. Because a lot of folks don't know the Twenty Seven Amendments, and it's it's time we dust off the old book. So go for it, man. Absolutely. So I'll set it up like this. There's a gentleman named Mark Elias, and he's really the main uh, conductor of what we call lawfare in Washington, D.C. And lawfare is really the, de- the working definition of it is using the judicial branch or the levers of, uh, of, of law in the, in the judicial branch to be able to go after your political enemies. And there's a man named Mark Elias who's really the main conductor of this for the liberal left. Uh, He's the person who was able to create a lot of the ballot harvesting laws that made things legal in the 2020 election, which completely circumvented the uh, Constitution. And then for whatever reason, you know, we woke up one morning, we heard that they were trying to kick us off the ballot for being what they quote as an insurrectionist. And uh, when I saw this, you know, I said, oh, well, maybe they're trying to grab a flashy headline. Why are they using these very specific words? But then when we had a lawsuit filed against us to the North Carolina Board of Elections stating mm. that we are an insurrectionist because we spoke at a rally and we debated on behalf of Wisconsin and Arizona. And uh, when we were trying to certify the election, and I was trying to de- not, not certify the election in some key states. Uh, they said that I helped uh, incite an insurrection that happened in Washington, D.C. And so because of this, they're saying that the 14th Amendment, which was created after the Civil War to bar Confederate soldiers and officers from ever being able to hold office, uh, it says that anybody who's ever partaken in an insurrection or been an enemy of the state uh, cannot hold federal office. And so they brought this lawsuit against us. And of course, I'm sure all of us sitting around, we can realize this sounds asinine on the face of it. Uh, but then when we started looking into the language and the verbiage that they were using, we realized that if they were successful in keeping me off the ballot, if they were successful in defeating me in North Carolina, it would set a legal precedent that would keep over 130 members of Congress from being able to run for re-election. Uh, it would also bar members of the public, citizens, whoever maybe expressed concerns about the 2020 election and the way it was carried out on social media from ever being able to run for office. It would completely neuter our movement. It would destroy the America First movement and really this this reignition of American patriotism and getting back to our founding values, it would crush it right in its infancy. Uh, and so we decided to fight this very hard. Uh, we brought it up to federal court because I'm in a federal position. And I will tell you, we were able to want, win this with such an exclamation point. And I praise God for this because he uh, was involved in a lot of ways. We had a great law team. My chief of staff, Blake Harp, really carried this out incredibly well. Uh, we were able to win in such a way that they said not only should, uh, should is this going to be thrown away, but these people should be disbarred. They're going to have to cover our legal fees. And so now we're going to be able to use this to defend other members of the public who had concerns about the 2020 election. Uh, you you have been um, a defender um, and and one who has really pushed uh, to expose what is really seems like a kangaroo court for some of these January six folks that have been incarcerated. Uh, you and Congresswoman Green and, and, and maybe just a couple of there's not many of you. Um, you have tried to be a voice for the voiceless as and and even the FBI in their own memo stated this isn't an insurrection. So. Thank you for doing that. I mean, we we've got 
we've got a number of them in our congregation and we've stood with them. We, we premiered the capital punishment uh, movie where you had these two grandmas whose houses were raided by the FBI. And you can, you can burn buildings in Washington on inauguration day, but you know, make sure you come after grandmas and call them insurrectionists and, and you are tireless. You don't give up. And, and even when they throw their lawfare at you, you just keep going, man. I, I'm, I can't thank you enough for what you do for our country. Well, Pastor, thank you. And, you know, I'll tell you, I was very proud of this because, you know, I'm just a good old mountain boy from Western North Carolina. Uh, and to be able to go into these white collar lawyers uh, arena and be able to just crush them in there and their, on their own turf, it really fit, bear, bodes well for the American people. I mean, you just saw we had the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, judgment where they decided that, yes, you do have a right to be able to legally defend yourself. Uh, and now in my case, it's saying, yes, you do have a right to be able to express your First Amendment rights uh, that, no, this was not an insurrection. You're absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and you know what? I think that it's just uh, one more omen of what's going to happen in the 2022 elections in the midterms. And I think we're going to see a lot of great patriots who are fed up with the system, fed up with Washington, D.C., bureaucratic and elitist class who no longer represent normal Americans or our normal values. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. <laughs> I want to just put an exclamation point yeah. on that. <laughs> and, and really, I, I, I pray this this midterm is just a wave. And, and I don't, I, I'm even hesitant to say red wave because there's Republicans that you have to contend with as much as Democrats that are part of these swamp creatures that have bought into this globalist mindset. Um, we're looking for populists, people that are coming in for the people and, and understand the Constitution and the 27 amendments are, and are there to realize that they're constrained by those seven articles and are, are willing to to govern by the consent of those people they represent that you so wonderfully do for the good citizens of North Carolina. By the way, I'll be there tomorrow. Well, hey, I'm very excited to have you in the great state of North Carolina. Uh, you know what, Florida and Texas give us a run for our money, but I still think we're in the running for the best state in the union. Um, but you know- They certainly it, have I'm the best glad- congressman. Yes, indeed. Well, hey, I, I will accept that, and I thank you very much for saying that. Uh, but, you know, I really just want to say thank you for leading, you know, this uh, this spiritual reawakening that's happening in America. I think it's so necessary. It's so crucial. Uh, you know, we're a country that were founded on Judeo-Christian values. You can see it all throughout, you know, the, in the original intent of the founders. Uh, you can see it in their own writings. You can see it in the way that they were praying over the— uh, if they should actually go to war with Britain. And, you know, it's really incredible. So thank you for what you're doing, both of you. You guys, this is a great uh, this is a great Liberty Station. I'm getting on the freedom train with you all. I love it. <laughs> can you give us some updates on the January 6th stuff? Is there anything that you can add or you just is there another topic you'd rather cover? Because it's your day. You don't have to cover anything you don't want to. And if you're neck deep in it, we'll skip to something else. I, I, look, no, no, this, isn't a, this isn't a gotcha program. <laughs> Uh, a lot of the people who uh, I think Congresswoman Green did such a good job of really portraying and Tucker Carlson did such a great job covering um, of people who are in uh, a D.C. jailhouse who are really not getting their their fair day in court, and not really having uh, the normal procedures that you go through in, in the court system. Um, being equally applied to them, you know, the update on them is there's not much we can do at this point. We've really done all we can to shine a light on it, to shed some light on it. Uh, but at this point, until we get the majority back in Congress, we really are not going to be able to launch the investigations we need to to be able to to, to find the justice we want to find. Uh, number two, you know, when you're looking at what's going on with this January 6th committee uh, and you start looking at the way that they're starting to just subpoena basically everybody. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. All the people are starting to call in for this. Uh, I've had several friends who've gone to testify. and it, it, uh, They're really not looking to incriminate anybody with their actual questions. What they're trying to do is trying to get people to perjure themselves in front of Congress. That way they can catch them on that because they know they don't really have any basis to go after anyone legally in any other context. 
Yeah, it's a it's a huge game. Yeah, it's it's terrible. They 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 had the the one son uh, that they wired to uh, throw his dad under the bus. I'm trying to remember that, but it's yeah, it's, yeah six counts that they came out because he was recorded in his own home, and they you know his, his son now an informant. We're turning son against you know father, and I mean they're desperate. That what they're doing is just crazy. Yeah, it's absurd. And you know what? I, I don't put it past Nancy Pelosi to have something up her sleeve right before the midterms. I'm sure uh, the January 6th uh, committee is going to have something to do with that. So we'll see. But you know what? I think the American people right now, we're really tired of all of these you know big, elaborate political shows that are going on in Washington. I mean, I'm here in North Carolina. We're paying over $4 a gallon for gas. I can't imagine what you're paying out there uh, near L.A. It's got to be close to five or six. Um, oh, yeah, we, have, we have areas that are at seven. Yeah. Oh, I, my gosh, I, that's awful. I, you know what? If I'd the price of oil per barrel gets over $130, $135 a gallon, a barrel, you know, that is going to hurt our economy in ways that really it, most people don't understand. It will be a recession yeah. like you've never seen. It costs more money to move all goods. Therefore, the price of all goods go up. Uh, it costs more money to be able to harvest food. Therefore, the price of food goes up. You know, it, it's really a sad, sad day. And the thing that is so frustrating about it is that – we can fix it right now. This problem could go away. We could start. We could renew six new leases where we could start drilling for more oil. We could get more liquid natural gas. We could get more heavy crude oil. We could do everything we need to do to be able to make us energy independent and a force on the world stage where Russia doesn't start having the leverage they do over the EU or over Germany. Uh, and also, we're going to be able to just be able to provide a better standard of living for everyday Americans because that's really why I'm involved in this game. As much as I want to destroy the deep state, get rid of these three-letter agencies, because I think they're the main enemy of the normal Americans. Our number one priority is helping young families and just dying room politics. What affects a young mother and a young father while they're sitting around with their children saying, are my children going to be safe when they go to school? Am I going to be able to provide them a nice place to live? Am I going to be able to pay for them to go to college, even though I don't think you should go to college, only a very few exceptions. Uh, but am I going to be able to pass off a better country to them than the one I received? And that should be all of our priority. Amen. Amen. I, I, uh, you know, we had uh, Dr. Hansen, Victor Davis Hansen, on the program talking about every time that oil's over $100 a barrel uh, and we purchase from Russia, we're basically funding the war in the Ukraine. And, and it's, it, it's doublespeak when we talk about sanctions on the Ukraine, and yet we still purchase oil from them to fund the invasion of Russia into the Ukraine. And, and you and I both know, as does Bryce and everyone else who watches the program, there's something funky there. We're trying to see what this is all about. We're finding chemical or biological weapon facilities that are funded. I mean, this, uh, Charlie broke it, broke the story. A couple of other news sources did that are, uh, it, it's legitimate. You're looking at it and you're thinking, this is convoluted at best. Uh, we don't know who the players are. Nobody is clean in this. But here we are, just as, as protecting the United States of America, we have the oil. We can be energy independent. We don't have to fund this nightmare that's occurring, whether you, you see what's happening in Ukraine or Putin or any of these other things. We're not calling any anyone good in this. We're just taking a look at here in the United States. We, we don't have to participate in that. But they want to still paralyze our industry by not invoking our oil industry, getting our people to have jobs that they would negotiate in Venezuela for oil, a communist nation, instead of employ our people. And, and you see that and you're contending for that. And I, again, that's not a question. It's just a thank you, Madison. Thank you. It's awesome. Well, that means a lot. Yeah. And, you know, the, 
The atrocities that the Maduro regime have uh, committed in Venezuela cannot be overstated. I mean, this is a terrible, terrible tyrant. Some of that it should be opposed by the American people at all times. Um, but you know what? We could create more jobs for the American people right now. We could give uh, all, all the people on the Keystone Pipeline who lost their job, we could open that back up. We could start drilling for oil. We could renew uh, federal land leases for these oil companies to be able to drill there. We could work on more frack fracking. Uh, we could start uh, renewing leases for people to be able to drill off offshore in the uh, Gulf Coast. And, you know, when you start just really thinking about the Gulf of Mexico, um, when you think about this, it, it seems so intentional by the regime that's in power right now to cripple the American people. And, and you know what? I, I'm all for putting sanctions on Russia. I think that's great because uh, we shouldn't be buying her oil because we're funding both sides right. of the uh, of the war, like you just so eloquently said. Uh, but you know what? This bill that we just came out from uh, the House, I, we voted on it last night around, I think, 1130 midnight. Uh, to be able to ban the imp import of Russian oil. You know, it was a really strong bill when we started working on it. It was bipartisan. It was saying, hey, what Vladimir Putin is doing is evil and we should not be funding it. That should, that's absolutely wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, no but brainer. then, you know, the Democrats hijacked it. They made it super weak, weak super milk toast. And so uh, it's very sad that even when they go out and say, oh, we're going to do this, they, they don't even, it's doublespeak. But the problem is, although we're putting all of these sanctions, rightfully so, on Russia, we are putting sanctions on the American people right now by not allowing yep. us to be able to be energy independent. Why right. is the president of the United States of America sanctioning our own people when we could be the dominant force on the world stage, when we have now have to compete with China at all times? Uh, you know, we have real problems in this country and we need to start taking them very seriously or else they're going to bite us in the bite us in the rear. Yeah. Yeah. Any any other perspective that you want to share on this conflict? I mean, what's you know, what's going on, you know, behind the scenes, anything that you can enlighten us on or, or help you us to weave through the complexity here? Well, you know, Bryce, you and I both are, share a friendship with Charlie Kirk, and I know you're his pastor. So, uh, you know, Rob, and I think both of you probably listen to his podcast as much as I do. Um, but Charlie's really had a great job of reporting on this from both sides. Uh, Michaela Peterson just had a really interesting yeah. uh, set of interviews where she interviewed both, you know, a member of parliament from Ukraine and a member of parliament from Russia. Uh, but you know what? The best thing that I can tell from the American people, from my privileged position of being in, in the U.S. Congress, getting to see some intelligence reports, is that it is so murky and it's so hard to decipher what is true and what isn't. Uh, there's so many counter espionage operations being carried out by the Russians. There's so many uh, propaganda operations being carried out by the Ukrainians. And I have to say, uh, the Ukrainian people are fighting so valiantly and it should encourage all of us as citizens to know uh, that when you need to hold your ground, you can hold your ground no matter how powerful the enemy is. So we need to be praying for them, keeping them in our prayers. Um, but this is all so murky, both from our mainstream media, from the Russians and from the Ukrainians, that it, it's just something I don't feel comfortable get, putting our own people in harm's way for. You know, I, I'm happy to flood the Man. zone with stinker missiles. Let's allow them to be able to fight uh, from surface up to air. That's great. But it, it, the idea of instituting a new no-fly zone enforced by the Americans or trying to put boots on the ground over there is absolutely uh, horrendous and awful to think about we would go to war with Russia on the seat of their power uh, when they're allied to China, Iran, and North Korea, uh, so many nuclear powers who are so radical and hate our guts. You know, it's a really scary proposition. And so we need to just really be using a lot of discernment. And we also need to realize that, you know, George Washington warned us about uh, foreign entanglements. Yep. And there was great, great, great wisdom in that. And when you start looking at all the problems we have here at home, both within our own culture, both economically, uh, with the deficit, when we're looking at our own borders, we're looking at the sex trafficking that's going on. Uh, Bryce, I know you've, you've experienced the southern border quite a bit yourself. You know exactly what's going on down there. Yep. When we see the sex trafficking, the fentanyl that's coming in, the drugs, the cartels, uh, you know, it, it, it is so sad. 
It really, truly is. Uh, and I, I just say I, I am yearn for American strength. The only way we can be strong overseas is if we are first strong here in America. So I want to be so focused on domestic policy, get our country in good standing. That way we can lead the world again. That's the right thing to do. And the people that are pushing so hard for this, um, what seems to be pushing us towards war and towards more and more intervention are the people that I don't trust. And we shouldn't have been you know, trusting for the last couple of years. I find it so unique that they're all aligned on this, and and it's disturbing. And and they they want us to secure Ukraine's border. Uh, they want to provide weaponry to the Ukrainian citizens, but here in the United States, they won't secure our border, and they want to do away with our Second Amendment. It's just doublespeak. And even even in the churches, I look at Russell Moore, who, you know, was writing uh, a number of the the pastors who were standing in opposition here in California to the tyranny, saying we need to submit to authority in Romans 13, is now declaring that you're supposed to contend with, you know, pastors in Russia contend with Putin. And and I it's bizarre. It's just it's so bizarre to me. Uh, you, you muddle the scriptures to defend your your agenda, and it just doesn't work that way. And, and you have to navigate that swamp and come up with clarity. And, and at the end of the day, you are working on behalf of the citizens of North Carolina. And, and that, that's probably the only way, if I were in your position, to maintain sanity. How do I serve the good people of North Carolina? And yet you have so much more on your plate to have to navigate through. And then people are looking to you as kind of a leader in this. Um, did you expect that when you came in? You know what? No, I, I didn't. I just knew I would wanted to go up there and do the right thing. Uh, you know, when they talk about Romans eight, you know, submitting to authority. You know, the thing that I, I, I struggled a lot with was seeing that the American Christian church, they use that all the time to say that, oh, we're just going to submit to the tyranny that's coming uh, down from Washington, D.C. Or, or a lot of uh, Christians who are starting to believe that meekness was the exact same as weakness. Um, but when you when I, I subscribe to Romans uh, eight completely, when you start thinking about that, we need to submit to the authorities that are placed over us. But when you look at our founding documents, when you look at the preamble to the Constitution, it very clearly states who the authority in America is. And it is we the people and that is something that i wanted to go to washington dc to reassert to say that the people are in command once again we're not going to bow down to the elitist class and you know what this is one of the reasons that i'm so thankful for social media although it, it, it's poisoned our country in so many ways uh it's given people like myself the ability to be able to circumvent the uh mainstream media and also the establishment on both sides of the aisle in Washington to be able to go straight to the people and to be able to give them the information they need to know. And I think we're starting to see this renaissance in, in masculinity, this renaissance in people trying to take their country back, this renaissance in uh, people trying to say, you know what, uh, the federal government should be involved in foreign trade, uh, infrastructure, and making sure that we never lose a war. Aside from that, you can just stay out of my life. And that's yeah. exactly where I believe that we all should be. And I, I think the Christian church really is uh, it's upon them to be standing up to take to take this road and move forward because you know what it, it, I know that I'm 26 years old and you, when you asked if I thought I was going to be a leader of a movement you know I, I never thought that at 26 I would be in any position like that and I realize I don't have all the answers but fortunately uh, I get to carry around God's word every single day and you know I was raised on proverbs and push-ups my mom didn't take it easy on me yeah. and so you know, anytime I messed up and went, went against with the proverbs she said well if you're going to be if you're going to be dumb, you're going to be strong. So here's a whole bunch of push-ups you can do. And so I was very thankful oh, to be awesome. raised like that. But, you know, I, I think we just need a whole lot more common sense. If people uh, if people were – if we had more people who wore work boots in Washington instead of people who wore suits and ties from Ivy Leagues, I think our country would be in a much better spot. 
Well, listen, uh, last time we were together, you know, you're a man of courage and you you uh, you told me about that moment, that kind of defining moment while you were um, early on, you know, in in uh, everything here, you know, being hit and beset upon all sides. And, and you kind of, uh, I think, you know, out on a jet ski, you know, prayed out to God and just said, OK, you know, and, and sort of surrendered it all to him. Um, and and th- that was beautiful, man. And, and you you uh, it's evidence um that that's where your courage comes comes from, and it's inspiring to me, brother. Amen. Well, Bryce, that means a lot, brother. Yeah, I remember telling you that story. You know, um, being in a wheelchair, it's on. It, honestly, the place I feel the least paralyzed is either when I'm scuba diving or I'm on a jet ski of any kind in any body of water. I mean, I could literally be in a little tiny pool, but I just feel so. Uh, <laughs> I feel so so capable in that moment. And I, I was just going through all these lies and attacks on the left, and I knew it would happen. I just didn't know it would be so ferocious. But then. I remember just going out on that jet ski and just uh, just crying out to God and having a very real conversation with him. And then, you know, the words that stuck with me so much from that experience were just that it doesn't matter what the left or the media or anybody else calls you because I'm the one that called you. And uh, you know, well, the, just, when the you insane. stop caring about what the enemy's going to say about you and you live on your own means and by your own accord and you live uh, under the authority and might of God, you know, you start to become un- uncancelable and undefeatable. And so yes. that's... Uh, that's the height of absurdity in this. And I remember it and I, I recount it to you in the car because it was before I knew you. But but right at the beginning, you they had trotted out the fact that you you actually went on the Band of Brothers historical tour and they were calling you a Nazi because you you being on that tour, you visited uh, the um, you know Eagle's Nest Eagle's and Nest. all that stuff. Here you are on on this you know magnificent tour about our victory yeah, against celebrating Hit- our veterans at yeah at, at our freedom. victory against Hitler and they and they did it as evidence of oh look at this kid you know uh, it's so you know so Typical. terrible but that you know that's how evil those folks are they're schemers that's exactly right but you know what one thing that gives me so much hope is you know I, I get to go around the country a good bit I especially spend most of my time here in the mountains of North Carolina. And I, I'll tell you, I can go out to a diner anywhere in my in my district, and people will always come up and come shake my hand, and they'll just say, "Can you believe what they're saying about you in the media? If you're being attacked, that means I know that you are doing the right yeah. thing." So there it is. You know, the only bombers that ever take any flack are the ones that are over target, and so I, I'm very happy to be messing up the enemy's plans. I'm glad God put me in this position, but uh, you know, I, I please just keep me in the prayers and keep our uh, first bombers like me in their prayers. Well, it, it's timely as the first responders are coming by. I can hear it in the background. I- <laughs> Let's uh, let's conclude because I know you're busy, um, and and thank you for the time you've given us, Madison. We're we're so grateful for it. In your position, and we notice this with with President Trump, his endorsement means a lot. Now people are coming after you for an endorsement because you you define um, a, a direction that America wants to go, and people value that you put your stamp of approval on a candidate. Uh, and, and I know you don't have a lot of time to you know, research many of them, but can you tell us some folks that are in the pipeline right now across the country that are promising that will shore up what you and Congresswoman Green are doing uh, that, that you think will possibly win and get in in the midterms? Yeah, who do we need to support? Absolutely. So, you know, I'll probably just go ahead and list off my three favorites. Uh, or I'll give you my top five, but three favorites for um, House candidates to run for uh, the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, number one is going to be Robbie Starbuck in Tennessee. Uh, he, he's a totally... Uh, against the grain, not not a normal conservative, not a normal uh, establishment type guy, but he's somebody who totally is with the cultural movement of bringing conservatism and our founding values back to America. Great guy, great guy. Yeah. Yes, 
love Robbie Starbuck in Tennessee. So anybody out in Nashville, get involved in that campaign. He's incredible. Uh, number two is another young man in North Carolina, Bo Hines. Uh, really, really great guy. Uh, and he, he's he's fearless. You know, he played college football. He's awesome. Uh, he's young like myself, but, you know, he, he's not going to be pushed around by the establishment whatsoever. Uh, and again, he just represents good-hearted Americans. Uh, number, no, another guy I love with all my heart is a man named Tommy Altman in Virginia. Um, and he is does not look like a politician at all. I mean, he's literally a tattoo artist, one of the best in the country, uh, has tattoos on his hands, but is such a down-to-earth, good Christian, loves his family, loves employing people, and, you know, had no no desire to go into into politics whatsoever. But, um, you know, he said that politics didn't – he didn't try to invade politics. Politics invaded his life. When they started shutting yeah. down his business and bankrupting yeah. his community, uh, he realized that something had to be done. So he's incredible. Then two guys for the, for the Senate – um, you know, Blake Masters, I would think, is probably one of the smartest, Absolutely. most wise candidates in the entire country right now. I'm very excited to have him in there. I think he'll be in the same vein as a, a Josh Hawley, a Ted Cruz, and a Rand Paul. Right. So if, if you like guys who are a lot more um, in, in the vein of Mitt Romney, don't vote for him. Uh, but if you yeah. like guys <laughs> who are like Ted Cruz and Mitt Romney or Ted Cruz and Rand Paul, that's your guy. Um, yeah. And so those are, those are some great candidates that I know of right now. We've endorsed probably about eight candidates. And so we're very careful about it because we know that, you know, in this America first movement, you know, it, it's so hard to go against the establishment. So I won't yeah. worry. We're going to be up there and won't back down. Uh, I'll let you go after I just make this in this comment. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, a congressional candidate in Washington. I don't know if you've endorsed their opponent. I know that Trump has, and it, and it's odd to me because, uh, the person I stand behind firmly is Heidi St. John, and her opponent is uh, uh, Joe Story, I think it is. Uh, Kent. Uh, Kent Sto- uh, Joe Kent, sorry. Joe Kent. Uh, yeah. Joe Kent going against Heidi St. John. Uh, Joe lost his wife, you know, and, and uh, Gold Star husband. Um, my heart goes out to him. But looking at Heidi and engaged in the community, and she's polling, you know, and she's always been just a strong advocate for family. Um, it, it's it's going to be a tough race, but she's out raising him, and I think she's out polling him, and they're both good candidates. But I'm I'm pushing for Heidi. I just adore her, but she gets overlooked by uh, Trump. Trump didn't endorse her, which is a bummer. I mean, he he was moved by, and and rightfully so that that uh, you know he had lost his wife, and but so I just want to throw that to you. I don't know who you've endorsed, but consider Heidi. Yeah, well, I, I I will put it in the considerations. I know Joe Kent, he's he's a friend, but I've also met Heidi St. John. She's great. Um, the incumbent over there who's a Republican is just garbage. Another part yeah. of the problem. So as yeah, long either as one of them would be better. I don't even remember her name. Just as long as she's gone, I'll be happy. But yeah. I think both of them will be great. I, I right now I'm probably leaning towards Joe Kent, um, but I'm very close to the president. But I, I've also got to meet Heidi St. John. She's strong as well. So they're both great candidates. All right. Well, I'm putting my two cents in, and whatever my opinion in three bucks, I'll get you a cup of coffee. But I, I had to tell you because, um, yeah, I just have a piece about that gal. She's she's the real deal, just like you. Well, um, hey, I, I know you got a thousand things to do. I just both of us are so grateful. All the folks are your biggest fans. Uh, is there any way they can support you in your efforts? Uh, 
let us know right now. What, what, what do yeah, you need so us to do? We're all here. Cawthorn.com. Um, you know, it, it's a really big deal to go against the establishment because the reason the swamp is the swamp is because everyone is so reliant on the national parties to do their fundraising and to run their elections for them. Um, I don't do that. You know, I, I would rather rely on 80,000 people giving me $5 uh, instead of just having a few people giving me a hundred thousand um, because then m my vote belongs only to the people and not to some Amen. special interest. So yeah. if you can go in, pitch in $5, $20, whatever it can, that'd be fantastic. Uh, Bryce also need to get you out here to North Carolina. We're getting a good gym area set up out here. So we've got a bunch of young guys and young men who come out here and work out with us. But uh, yeah, but, uh, let's do it. You can, I'll, you I'll show them how it's done. Old man strength. That's right. That's right. He knows he didn't invite me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not insulted. Pastor, Pastor you, you, your hermeneutics without defeat us all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, yeah. you listen. You tell me when, brother. I'll, I'll be out. I'll make a special trip. I'd love to spend some time with you, and uh, you, you know, you become a dear friend. Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, right, Madison. I love you both. Thank you all. Matt, right? Yes, sir. All right, everybody, do it. Help this man uh, continue to fund this movement. God bless you, brother, and uh, keep fighting the good fight. Go slay the dragon. All right. See you guys. It means a lot. Bye, man. Bye. Bye. Every time. Every time uh, he's he's on the program, and when he was at the church, it's yeah. just genuine. And and uh, I, you know, he doesn't show it, but he went through. He, he preached all three sermons. Yeah, and you can kind of see him moving in his wheelchair a little bit because he gets. It, there's a pain that. Well, comes. he's he's got uh, tremendous nerve pain. Yeah, you know, and I've talked to him about it, and and you know, just to, you know, my friendship with him is is getting to be deep because I just yeah. love him to death and look at him as a brother, and and um, yeah, and you can you can see it, you know, when you when you get to know him, you know, and he's got you know good days and bad days, yeah. but but um, it, it's evidence of of how tough and robust he is as a human being that that he can endure that pain with a smile and. And go after the things that need to, you know, need to happen in life. And you know, he's he's fighting like any any warrior uh, ever did in history. And 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 that comes at a personal cost for people. And I, I didn't go into it with his 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 life and some of the stuff that of of recent that he's had to endure. And you know, it's hard to hold public office. Yeah. And at twenty six years of age to have wisdom to navigate that. And he's gone through some tough things. Yeah. So I would just encourage folks out there to keep him in prayer. Yeah. Uh, pray for Madison because he's more than just the youngest congressman. He is he is the spearhead of, you know, sincerity in a movement that isn't funded by, you know, big pharma and yeah. and congressional caucuses. It's it's the average person. Yeah, they aren't owned by, you know, big corporate interests yeah. and and uh, the establishment and you know, he he's fighting and he's being true to his principles and values yeah. and and faith. Uh, I love him to death. Why don't you pray for him right now? Yeah, I will. All right. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, you know uh, what we all need, Father, and, and uh, I know you have, uh, Lord, um, just such affinity for those that are um, fighting with this kind Amen. of courage, and I pray that you will just uh, bless Madison and all of his uh, efforts and yes. everything and uh, just put a uh, absolute shield of protection around him Amen. as he... Uh, goes to fight for us all and, and, you know, puts himself out there to, um, you know, to, to really protect what, uh, what we're all fighting for. And that's, uh, that's this Liberty that, yes, uh, that you've blessed us with here in this country. And I, I just pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks Bryce. Well, folks, uh, thanks for joining us tonight on Liberty station, uh, Congressman Madison Cawthorn, youngest Congressman in all, and one of the youngest in the history of the United States. So, uh, always a treasure to have him on great insights Keep him in prayer. Support what he does, madisoncawthorn.com. 
And other than that, uh, I don't know who's up tomorrow night, but <laughs> it's got to be somebody cool because it just keeps happening. I, yeah. Well, we are blessed to have an amazing list of friends. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. How that happened, I have no idea. I don't know. They must be desperate. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Well, all of you have made it possible because uh, seriously, uh, if if we had made this stand in defiance of the tyranny and no one joined us, we'd just be going on a long, lonely walk, but all of you yeah. made it possible. And as a matter of fact, across the country, uh, unsolicited, because you, you know, we've never asked for anything, but unsolicited across the country, all of you have tuned into this, have supported us. And we've been able yeah. to to bless folks across the country as a result of what you did. So yeah. And share, our, share our episodes, you know, pass them around, yeah. um, you know, send those links to your friends, um, you know, get the word out. If you like our content, what we're doing and keep blessing us. It's a, uh, it's, um, you know, so important to us more than you'd ever know. Yeah. I, I don't ever want to be in a place where I'm asking for anything and I never will, but I will say that when you do give stuff, we're so grateful and we make sure, uh, people are blessed by it. And I didn't want the night to go by without saying thank you because we meet people like this and have a chance to touch their lives and minister to them because of your faithfulness. And you're all wonderful. It's so good to be with you. And we'll see you tomorrow night on Liberty Station. Good night, everybody. Good night.